That really blesses me, Danny. That's wonderful, man. I like it, I like it, I like it. Mm. I believe the Lord likes it. I, I do. I do. I believe it, it pleases Him. Life is very short. We don't have time to waste. Would you go with me to uh, the gospel account of John? John, the second chapter. I know uh, some of you may not have been with us last night, but uh, you missed one of Phyllis's favorite messages. <laughs> That's kind of a running joke there. It's uh, The title was... Quit crying and move. So if you if you didn't get that one, it's available. Won't cost you anything. But uh, this is greater faith meeting. Is there room for greater faith? Oh, there is. There is. We're supposed to be growing and increasing in our faith. That affects every area of your life. Now, it's not just faith for faith's sake. It's faith in God. Yes. Now, there is a difference. We're, there's a lot more to this than positive confessions or even faith in our faith. Yeah, you want to believe your faith works, but it's not just faith in yourself. Right. It's faith in God. Faith in God. And... Uh, there are multiple components to faith in God. And one thing the Lord had dealt with me about about this meeting and, and about our group is uh, that we had emphasized mostly one aspect of faith. And uh, that can be okay depending on your generation. A lot of times things are lost and God needs to emphasize it. To get it back. Get it back in the body. But you got to watch about learning a truth and thinking it's the truth. Huh? That it's everything. Well, no. Uh, it's a truth. It's a part of it. And uh, in uh, John, the second chapter, we see the first miracle in Jesus' life and ministry. Apocryphal writings will have him doing miracles as a child, but if you believe the New Testament, you can't accept that because this says it was the first one. The first one. That prior to that, he lived a righteous life. He grew in wisdom and, and grace, but there were no miracle manifestations. Until right here, recorded in John 2. And um, this, everything that's recorded is obviously significant. But I want us to look at this tonight as a, a blueprint for miracles. Praise God. How do you get a miracle? How do miracles happen? Now, a miracle... It depends on which perspective. Uh, <clears throat> there are different definitions, but again, that's just man's partial understanding. 
um, from man's perspective, a miracle could be something that was impossible, but that it happened. But from God's perspective, it was never impossible. Right? Yes, <laughs> And just because you look at something and don't understand how it could be, doesn't mean it baffles God. He could explain to you exactly how he did it. Yes. Right? Yes. And if you understood some areas of science, you would even pick up some things. But in all likelihood, much of it would be whoop. Yeah. over your head and he could tell you how he did it but that doesn't mean you would understand yes, sir. how he did it today yes. but in time to come yes. that can change yes. in the eons to come that will change we'll understand more and more so uh, let's see exactly how this miracle happened do you believe that God is the same today that he still does miracles. Yes. Huh? Yes. Saving miracles. Delivering miracles. Yes. Yes. Huh? Yes. Heard a great testimony that was sent into the ministry just a few months ago. Of uh, <clears throat> You may have heard us talk about the, the man that had tried to quit smoking. Yeah. <laughs> huh? And how that I told him, you know, to just uh, to stop saying that he couldn't quit and stop saying he was addicted to it and just be, even in between puffs and lighten up to say thank you Lord for delivering me thank <clears throat> well I got a testimony recently about a man that got completely delivered from heroin doing the same thing same thing well what would the power of God care about tobacco or heroin I mean with his power, right? Yeah, he'd been addicted to, to crack and, and, and heroin. And I mean, for years, it's amazing he hadn't, hadn't been killed already. And, and you could just, oh, you could just sense the joy on the man that he really was free. Hallelujah. Well, that's miraculous. Is that, that, that's a miracle. Because there are situations where nothing that men can do can help and, and, and deliver, and yet God can deliver. Right? Healing miracles, delivering miracles, miracles in marriages and relationships, and between parents and children, and the list goes on. Does God still do miracles? <clears throat> But it's not all up to him. That's the place where folks go astray. It's not all up to him. And he does, miracles are, are not manifested in response to people begging. Religion teaches people to beg, not God. Here we have a record of exactly how it happened. Let's look at it. John 2 verse 1, the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there. And uh, some uh, historians have conjectured that it was uh, relatives to Jesus and his mother's family and what have you. Well, that would make sense. Jesus was called and the disciples to the marriage. Well, you're not invited to every stranger's marriage, right? (laughs) 
<coughs> so yeah, probably some kin folks involved. And so they came. You know? But notice this, they weren't too spiritual to go. It's good. Huh? Jesus didn't say, I can't be bothered with these silly ceremonies. No. No, they went. They all went. Yeah. I don't know if all the disciples wanted to go, but Jesus said, we're going. Let's go. So they they all went. So they're sitting there at the table, marriage ceremonies, and uh, they wanted wine. Or they ran out of wine. And uh, the mother of Jesus said to him, they're out of wine. Well, it was embarrassing. Hmm? It was embarrassing. And so she's, she lets him know the situation. Go, uh, put this up in the Amplified, if you would, please. <clears throat> the Amplified. So Jesus said to her, dear woman, what is that to you and me? What's that to us? Other translations bring up that same language. What, why do you involve me? One translation said. And uh, he said, my time has not yet come. And his mother uh, turns to the servants. And she says... One of the greatest revelations we will ever hear about getting a miracle. What would she say? Whatever he says to you, do it. One translation says, whatever he may say to you, do it. This is the precursor of a miracle. What? An environment of expectation. What's going to happen? We don't know, but the Lord is here. And I'm telling you, something could happen. <laughs> huh? Anything could happen. So, boys, be ready. Be ready. Be ready. Huh? Anticipation. Expectation of good expectation of the unexpected the unexplainable right what can happen do not underestimate this this is something that's been lacking in our services in our meetings what do you expect what do you expect well probably go you know here's some interesting things Make a few notes. Hallelujah. Go home, eat a sandwich. Right? Right. Where's the level of excitement? The level of anticipation? That because that is no insignificant, unconnected thing. It is directly connected. Directly connected. So she just turns to him and says, whatever he may say to you. Now, now we talked about this last night. Whatever he says to you, pray about it. Meditate on it. Talk about it. No, no, 
Now there's a reason why I say this. Because we have a, a big issue of people just wanting to hear, 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 and act like that's doing something. Wow. <clears throat> you know, uh, uh, we, we have Faith Life Church here and, and in Branson. And some years ago, the Lord, in a time of seeking him about it, he brought to my remembrance that phrase that Joshua said, as for me and my house. Yeah. We will serve the Lord. And he said to me, he said, you people just coming to church to feed is not serving the Lord. But people have that idea, don't they? I got up, I went to church. Is that serving the Lord? No, that's you being served. Right? That's you being fed. That's not you serving and you got a whole lot of people don't even want to get out of bed to come to church anymore. They just want to watch it online. And you can't serve remotely. You're not serving the Lord. That's not serving the Lord. What are you doing to serve Him? And that's going to involve ministering to other believers. Right? So, uh, we need mind renewal. So she says, whatever he may say to you, be ready to do it. Now, uh, I like this. I believe it's the Weiss translation says, do it with dispatch. Now, dispatch means quickly, efficiently. So, is she... Prepping them to be alert and aware and watching him and listening to him. And if he says something, move on it now. Move on it now. The, the Bible talks about being fervent in spirit. Yes. Right? Romans 12, I believe it is. Fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Fervent. Fervent is the opposite of slothful, lazy, draggy. We've all got flesh. And man, if you yield to your flesh, you wouldn't be here at the meeting tonight. Right? If you came from out of town, you wouldn't even have done that. You, you have to stir yourself up, don't you? Everybody does. Everybody does. And there is a, a, this expectation. We're talking about how to have a miracle. Can you see elements already? This, this expectation, this readiness, and this fervency to jump on it, to get on it, and get it done. Procrastination is one of the enemy's most effective tools and weapons against us. Because he knows that the, the quickening of the spirit about something will fade with time. And even though you might have been really excited about it when God spoke to you and quickened you about it, if he can just get you to put it off a few days that that 
excitement will wane. He knows if he can get you to put it off for months, you'll eventually forget the Lord told you to do it. And that's what the Bible calls in James, deceiving yourself. That means you think you've got the answer, and he did give you the answer, but you never did it. You never did anything with it. And so that can put you then in a place where you're looking for the answer he already gave you. Acting like you did it and you never did. Can you see why there's deception in that? Delusion, deception. It's dangerous when the Lord gives us light about something if we don't act on it immediately. Immediately. Well, you know this. Have you ever, has the Lord ever given you a, a real revelation or a truth and you got so excited about it and something kind of crossed your mind? Do you want to write that down? Or, and you thought, oh, I'd never forget that. And guess what? Guess what? Before the day was over. Huh? You're like, what? What was that? Well, see, because when the Lord was ministering to you, you were more in the spirit than you realized you were. And then when you get back in the flesh, well, it's not there. Yeah. Which is why you have to be, like he said, uh, like the we said, with dispatch. Jump on it. Grab it. Make the effort to remember it, to keep it, to get it into practice, to be a doer of the word. So uh, Jesus said, what? In the Amplified, verse uh, 5, his mother said, Whatever he says to you, do it. And there were set there six water pots of stone. Standing there as the Jewish custom of purification, holding 20 to 30 gallons apiece. So uh, six to three is what, 180 gallons of water. And so Jesus said something. Huh? They didn't know if he's going to say something or not. But his mama said, be ready. And he, sure enough, he said, I only say what I hear the Father say. And so he got something from the Father about this. His initial response was, you got to remember, he's functioning as a man, yeah. as a human being. With no, he's, not, he's not operating in omniscience. omniscience. And so he said, well, now it's, it's not my time. And, and what's that to us? You know, uh, having this party was not my idea. <laughs> Why am I responsible for all the supplies? We really do need to have some understanding. There's a whole lot of things not our responsibility, and we shouldn't try to get involved. Even if somebody else tries to nudge us that way. And at the same time, we need to be ready. Whatever the Lord tells us. And sure enough, he says, fill the water pots with water. Now what do you do? Oh, you've read the rest of the story, but back up. Try to put yourself here. Huh? Why? Because I want to mention to you one of the biggest enemies of a miracle right here. Reasoning. Reasoning. 
logic, analyzing, reasoning. What do you mean? In Malachi, the Lord had said to the people, he said, your words have been stout against me. And they, and they said, what if they said so much against you? He said, because you say it is vain to serve the Lord. And what profit is there that we've kept his statutes? In other words, what good does it do? What good will it do? Could that thought have crossed their minds right here? Huh? What do they need? Wine. They need wine. Right? So why start messing with water pots? Right? Doesn't make sense. Right? See, your reasoning is going to kick up. And if the enemy see that God's got a miracle in the works, he don't want that to happen. He wants to try to shut that down. And so he's going to endeavor to get you to not do your part. There's a phrase in the Scripture New Testament. Among the nine gifts and manifestations of the Spirit, we talk about the power manifestations. And one of them is the workings of miracles. Both of those are in the plural. Workings of miracles. Say it out loud. Workings of miracles. Not just miracles, but workings of miracles. What's the workings of miracles? You will notice that over and over and over and over and over again, God has chosen to include us in the miracle. Huh? That's the way he does it. Now, regardless of what you think about how it should be done, that's the way he does it. Our our scripture last night where the Lord said, quit crying and move. With the very next thing, he told uh, uh, Moses to take that rod that he had in his hand and to stretch that thing out. Well, does God need a rod to do a miracle? Well, don't don't answer so quick. Okay. That's how he chose to do it. And if he said, I want you to take the rod, I want you to use the rod, then that's the way. It didn't happen without it. It happened that way. He has chosen, he has ordained that we be involved in the miracles in our life. Now, I'm sure there are numerous reasons. Why it's that way that that I don't know yet, but I can see a couple of them. For one thing, it justifies him doing something for us that he didn't do for everybody else. Why? Because we would do what he told us to do when other people wouldn't. Can you see that? God's going to be just. He's going to be fair. In everything that he does. And there are people today and there will be people that will accuse God of being unfair. And there are, that's what the scripture says. Let God be true and every man a liar that you may be justified when you are judged. People are judging God as unfair and they are wrong, 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 wrong. 
But this is one of the ways that it's obvious that God had a right to do it. Because when other people would not listen, you did. I said you did, and that gives him every right, right, to come in and perform his word in your life, regardless of what anybody thinks about it. And if they want a miracle, then they can obey too. Right? Get your head straight. Listen. Obey. But the reasoning will jump up. There's a wedding going on. Company's here. Right? Yes. Dip bowls running low. Huh? Need some more chips. And you understand, you, you didn't just take a garden hose and turn the tap on and fill up these big 30-gallon pots. How do you get this water? You got to go to the well. Which is a little bit of a trip from the house. Yes. Right? Yes. And you got to lower the buckets down. And you maybe carry a couple of buckets at a time. How many gallons these things hold? 20, 30 gallons a piece? Yeah. And there's what, six of them? Yeah. How many trips is this? You're going to work up a sweat. You got your good clothes on. Is that right? Now, you laughing, but I assure you there were 59 reasons why. Why would we do this? Why would we do this? And this is why a lot of people don't have miracles. Because it ends right here. Because they can't understand why I need to do this. What, what sense does it make? It ain't about sense. It's about trust. Come on, can you see this? Will you trust him enough to just do what he told you to do? Like he said, unless you become converted and become like a little child, you won't enter in to the kingdom things. And you've got to become childlike. People grow up and they get their head full and they think they know more than they do. And It's real simple. Like a little child, the Lord says, okay, get your bucket yeah. <laughs> and go get the water. Yeah. Okay, all right, all right, go get your bucket. <laughs> all right, now bring it back and put it in the big pot. Okay, okay, all right, okay, 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 now do that another 200 times. See, too many folks, too smart for God. No, they've been to college. Got degrees. Yeah. No, they know that's just foolishness. Drawing water in the middle of the party? Yeah. But what was the counsel? Why, why are we talking about it tonight? Whatever. Whatever he says to you. <clears throat> you remember uh, Naaman who was the leprous man. Remember that? And uh, the maid that they had taken captive said, you know, there's a man of God over there. 
that if you go see him, you could get healed. And he believed it enough to, to do. He made the trip over there. He took all kind of money and clothes and stuff. And, and the prophet wouldn't even come down the driveway. <laughs> wouldn't, even, wouldn't even leave the house. And he sent his servant and said, well, what you need to do is go dip in our river. And, and you, you dip seven times. And, oh, man, it made him mad. He squealed out of the, the driveway. <coughs> the horses were pawing. And, and they're, they're, they're racing down the road. And he's fuming. Does he not know who I am? I'm commander-in-chief of the armies of Syria. He couldn't even bother to leave the house to come say hi. And so uh, the, the guy that was riding in the, in the chair beside him, he said, Now, you know, Master, uh, we came prepared to do all kind of things. You know, pay big money. to. Uh, uh, why not just do what he said? <laughs> now, we're laughing, but how do you get a miracle? Come on. <clears throat> but is it as simple as it sounds? No, see, people don't want to do it. He didn't want to do it. It, it, it chafed him. It, it rubbed his pride the wrong way. But <clears throat> after screaming down the road for a little bit, he said, well, we've, uh, we've come all this way and maybe we could just do what he said. And his aide said, that's an excellent idea, sir. That's a, let's, <laughs> let's just do that. So they, they went over and sure enough, dip, 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 dip. And when he came up the seventh time, miracle. Well, somebody say miracle. <clears throat> it's not hard for God to do what we call a miracle. You know what is hard to do? Get us to do what he told us to do. That has been the limiting factor that people absolutely will not listen to him and won't do what he said to do. That's been the cutoff. That's been the where it falls down. Yes. <clears throat> Jesus just leans back in the chair and says, fill those water pots up with water. Yeah. And the reason it's in the book. Yeah. Huh? Yes. And the reason we're talking about it tonight yeah. <clears throat> is because those servants, they did exactly what Jesus' mama told them to do. Is that right? They were watching. They were listening. And when he said fill the water pots, they grabbed a bucket. Right? They grabbed a bucket. They started make, making trails to the, the well. They brought it back. Splash, splash. Two more. Trip, trip. Splash, splash. Trip, trip. I don't know how long it took. 180 gallons. Toting a little bucket. I don't know, a big bucket would be a five-gallon bucket. And the time you haul it all the way back from the well, you probably lost a gallon. And... Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I've done this in the past. And uh, But I want you to notice something else. It says, fill the water pots with water. So what do you do? Huh? You form a well committee. Huh? A water well committee. No, you don't. 
Now you're laughing, but this is how people do. The Lord gives them a simple instruction, and they do everything except just acting immediately on what he said to do. Don't be judging anybody now. Just bring it right back, right back here. And they did what? What did they do? What did they do? This is that do it with dispatch. This is that fervency that we're talking about, right? They filled them to the brim. Every one of them. Good job? Do they have a miracle? No. No, they don't. They got water pots full of water. What was... Did you forget? What was the original problem? No wine. What's their situation now? They still got no wine. Right? That's right. They got no wine. Why am I talking about this? Because workings of miracles can involve steps. Steps. You follow an instruction. That doesn't mean that the power manifested after following the first instruction. And there may be multiple steps that you take. And it is essential that you go all the way. You, you keep taking the steps and you don't quit. You go the whole distance. So here, are they doing good? They're doing great. <clears throat> Do they have a miracle? No. No manifestation. Of the They're hot and sweaty. Yeah, that's right. Then the water pots are full. Amen. Huh? Yeah. What good does that do anybody? No, they're obeying the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Whatever He says to you, do it. Uh, go with me, if you would, back to the book of Deuteronomy. Hold your place here. We're not done, obviously, but go back to Deuteronomy. First chapter. We need to understand what's happening when things don't work. Uh, we've been around long enough as what you'd call word and faith um, people that we've had a, a whole another generation come up, you know, since the uh, 70s and, and 80s. And, uh and, and we have a whole young generation that's coming up that has never, uh, ha, never, ha, never have been in a live meeting of Brother Kenneth Hagin or, or Roberts or, or these kind of folks. And so they, these people are historical figures to them. And there have been, sadly, a number of folks in our camp that have become disillusioned with the message of faith. Because they have experienced 
situations where things didn't work. Things didn't work. They prayed and prayed and prayed and it didn't happen. And they confessed and confessed and confessed. And it didn't happen. And some, they call it a new message, but it's actually an old message. Some are switching out faith for what they call grace. With the idea that it's all up to God. That's not a new message. That's what we overcame in the 70s. Was it's all up to God? No. But it's not all grace. And it's not all faith either. It's by grace. Through faith. And faith is dead unless there's some action. Y'all with me? And so we need to have some clarity on why things didn't happen. The place to start, the Bible said the beginning of knowledge is the reverence and fear of the Lord. You you will get nowhere being mad at God. It'll absolutely plunge you into deeper darkness. And you will be your own enemy. You need to know this. Beyond any question. God has never failed anybody. Never. No one. I'm quoting scripture. No one ever trusted in him. And was ashamed. That they did. Has never happened. Never will. Now, there's been people that have called some things faith, and it wasn't faith. And there's been a whole lot of people that didn't listen. And here's the thing that can be confusing. You don't know what God told other people to do. I'm going to say that again over here. You don't know. What God told other people to do. You may think you do. Even your spouse. Even your kids. Come on, are y'all listening to me? This thing, but this personal relationship between you and God is very, very personal. And thankfully, He doesn't tell everybody everything He tells you. You should say, Thank you, Lord. He's merciful that way. And yet, the biggest problem on the planet, that's a big statement, isn't it? It's what? Won't listen. People won't listen. Won't listen. The gospel. Bow your knee to Jesus. Receive him and confess him as Lord of your life. Most of the planet will not do it. They refuse to do it. And much of the church. I'm going to give you one word here. Brace yourself. Tithing. Yes, so true. It's so true. Tithing. You know how much of the church absolutely will not listen to God about that? They won't even hear it. They won't even, they, they'll believe all kind of stuff instead of the Bible. Yeah. True. Yeah. True. Yeah, yes, sir. 
Well, if you won't listen to him and you won't do what he told you to do about that, it's going to cost you. There's going to be some things that don't work. There's going to be some vulnerabilities that you shouldn't have, some exposure that you shouldn't have. Hmm? That's true. So good. You say, well, I, I just don't believe. Well, I, I know. I know. <laughs> and it's costing you. And you're not connecting the dots. It's not about you making a, 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 an agreement with a church or a ministry. This is something about you and God. Honoring Him. Just like Abraham did. Before there was any law. Right? How do you honor God? With your substance. And your first fruits of your increase. Well the Lord said the tithe is His. That's never changed. It's not going to change. It's, and it's not that, that you're not doing it. It's that you don't want to. That's the issue. That's the issue. But I just mentioned that as one example. That all through the body of Christ, you've got people that are not listening to God. They, he has said to do something. And they saw it and they understood it. But they won't do it. And that will cost you miracles. That'll prevent them from happening. We've all made mistakes, but can we repent? Can we become willing and obedient? In Deuteronomy 1, this first generation of Israelites that God brought out of Egyptian slavery and bondage, it did not go right for them. You could say it didn't work. It didn't happen. They didn't get their miracle. If you read uh, Hebrews chapter 3 and 4, the scripture said that the Lord said they weren't going to enter in even though the works were finished from the foundation of the world. It was God's will that they come straight out of Egypt, learn a few faith lessons, go straight across that desert, and enjoy houses they didn't build, vineyards they didn't plant, wells they didn't dig. And none of that first generation enjoyed it. They died young, they died wrong, they died bitter. <clears throat> And they blamed God. Now, why am I talking about this? Because it's exactly the same today. People are doing the exact same thing today. Deuteronomy 1. I had it and I lost it. Are you there? Stand by. Deuteronomy 1, down about verse 19, this is a a summary of the things that happened. And there's language here that you won't find anywhere else concerning these things. He said, when we departed from Horeb, we went through all that great terrible wilderness, which you saw by the way of the mountain of the Amorites, as the Lord our God commanded us, we came to Kadesh Barnea. I said to you, you are come to the mountain of the Amorites, which the Lord our God does give to us. 
Is that the will of God? What's the will of God? For you to have it. He said, I'll give it to you. I give it to you. Behold, the Lord your God has set the land before you. Tell me how you have a miracle. Come on, how, how do you get a miracle? We, we've learned faith comes by hearing. <clears throat> but that's not how faith is released. That's just how it comes. And so, yeah, they had to hear this or they couldn't have had faith. But he told them. I have set the land before you. The Lord has set the land before you. Now what? Go up and possess it. This is the the command. The words bring faith. The words are empowerment. But he won't make you do it. And this is the weak link. On a miracle. Right here. Go up. And possess it. As the Lord God of your fathers has said to you. Fear not. Don't be discouraged. Now. We know they didn't believe it was possible. Yeah. But we know it was possible. Because their children did it. Yeah. Right. The very next generation. That's right. Did what they said couldn't be done. Yeah. <clears throat> Keep going. You came near to me and every one of you said, we'll send men, search out the land, bring us word. And and they did. Verse 23. And to say, and please me, I took 12 of you, one of a tribe. Keep going. They turned, went up into the mountain. They came to the valley of Esco. They searched it out. And they took of the fruit of the land of their hands. They brought it to us. They brought us word again. They said, it is a good land. Just like the Lord said. You know, the Lord's been on this place of your own for a long time. It's a good land that the Lord does give us. Verse 26. Notwithstanding, you would not go up. But you rebelled against the commandment of the Lord your God. Now this is unbelief. Unbelief is not the innocent thing many have imagined. Bless their hearts, they just is full of unbelief. There's a rebellious bent to unbelief. Yes. <clears throat> not that you can't believe, it's that you won't. Won't be persuaded. You rebelled against the commandment of the Lord your God. Now notice, keep reading. You murmured in your tents. You remember Numbers talks about they cried all night long. After they brought back and showed the fruit. And they said, this is what they said in their tents when they were crying, feeling sorry for themselves. It's because the Lord hated us. That he brought us forth out of the land of Egypt to deliver us to the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. Verse 32, he said, in this thing you you did not believe the Lord your God. Now here's something. I hope you're awake. Are are you awake? They would rather believe the lie that God hated them. 
and didn't want it for them than to believe the truth that they were too full of fear and too faithless to do what he told them to do. That's why there is such a conflict and such a turmoil to this very hour, to this very day. Why people get so mad, they get so upset with people like us that want to shout and talk about taking the land. And people that will boldly say, no, it is God's will for you to have it. It is God's will. Why? That makes the people that are yielding to wrong influences so mad because they have deceived themselves. That it's not because they're too full of fear and too weak and too faithless. It's because God don't want me to have it. Lies. Lies. Did they have a failure, a total failure in their generation? They died young out there in the desert. They died wrong. Was any of that the will of God? No. We just got through quoting to you from the book of Hebrews. For them to go in had been established from the foundation of the world. But he's not going to make us obey. And in order to obey, to take the steps of faith, you've got to face fear. Don't you? It's it's not easy. You've got to face giants. Right? You've got to look at stuff that everything's telling you. There is no way. There is no way. And you've got to come back to the anchor of your soul. Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. That, that's what made Caleb and, Di- and, and Joshua different. Is they came back and said, now hold on, hold on. If the Lord's with us, right? If he's with us, if he told us to go do it, then their defense is gone from them. They're the ones that's in trouble, not us. We can do this. Let's go up right now. And it made the other folks so mad, they picked up stones to stone them. Why? Because their faith is showing up their cowardice. Can you see that? Their confidence, their boldness is showing up their fearfulness and their weakness. God didn't ask us to figure it all out. He knows we don't know. He just asked us. To trust him. And when he tells you to do something. And it'll take all you got. And you'll have to overcome all kind of reasonings. And and feelings. And everybody around you telling you you can't sometimes. But this is the acid test of faith. When he tells you to do something. Hmm? Looking back over our life, Phyllis and myself, every miracle, I can see it, every miracle, we got to a place feeding on faith, believing, confessing, and it got to a place where the Lord would tell us, do this. Step out. Do this. And oh man, you look around, you think, hi in the world. 
from where high? It's like when the Lord said, move. And you're like, where? Go where? But all you got to do is what you can do. Everything you know to obey, to take that step. And oh my word, when we did that, you begin to see this door open and that door open. And this come in and this change. But it did not happen while you were talking about it. Thinking about it. Praying about it. Even confessing it. The connection to the manifestation of the power. Is when you take the step to do. Oh, somebody say do. 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 Do Do it. Do it. Now, I need to say this too. People say, I'm going to do something. I'm going to do something. No. No. He didn't say do something. Ah. She didn't say, servants, do something. Do something. Shake this place. No. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Doing something without direction is presumption. There's no power in it. That's how you fall on your face. No. What'd she say? Whatever he says to you, that's what you do. And so that's why it's going to take some Praying, seeking God. Did I lose somebody? (laughs) Praying, seeking God, right? Communing with Him. And you won't always get it the first day or the first week or the first month. But if you keep seeking Him, you keep following Him, there come that moment where He said it to you. Do this. Take this step. Hallelujah. And you you understand at that point. Ball's in your court. Right? It's it's in your hands now. He's not going to make you. Can you see that with that first generation of Israelites, it didn't work. You talk about failure. They had dreams. Dreams of owning your own places. Dreams of, you know, after being a slave all your life, being a landowner, right? Owning orchards and vineyards and herds and flocks, and it never came true. They died young and wrong and bitter. It didn't happen. Tell me why it didn't happen, church. Why, why, why didn't it happen? God changed his mind. No. It just wasn't God's will. Nobody understand. No, no. Why didn't it happen? He could not persuade them to obey Him. He couldn't get them to obey Him. Joshua and Caleb sat around the campfire for 40 years while everybody around them grew old and died. But they held on to the vision. Isn't that amazing? They held on to the dream. They'd look at each other across the campfire and go, You getting yours? Yes, I am. I'm getting mine. Caleb said, Got me a mountain picked out. 
the mountain with the big giants on it. I want the big ones. I'm taking the big ones. Joshua said, yes, you are. Yes, you are. I'm getting mine. You know that pretty place over there with those 80 acres that's got that lake by it? Yeah. I'm going to put my hammock right there in that big tree. That's Josh's place. He said, yes, you are. Yes, you are. And they did. After all those other guys died and were gone because they would not obey God. These two men would obey God. And God kept them alive through 40 years of unbelief. And they did go into the land. Hallelujah. And they experienced miracles that their peers did not experience. And it's not some great mystery. Why? It's because they would obey God. And the other people would not. Very simple. And remember now, even though you may think you do, you don't know what God tells other people to do. Back to John 2. Can we finish this up tonight? You okay? Can we have miracles today? Oh, yes, we can. We, we, they're happening. They're happening. They are happening. We've had all kind of great things happen for us. And, and, and there's much, much, much more to have. But you got to brace yourself. Right? You want to get into the bigger stuff? You got to be willing to take bigger steps. Right? Because God involves you and me in the working of the miracle. John 2, and we were reading it out of the Amplified. They're having a party. (coughs) Ran low on wine. Ran out. It's embarrassing. Now, now this is this is actually to me very very interesting because this first miracle in Jesus' ministry was not a life and death issue. This was about party supplies. Was it? Wasn't about anybody getting healed? No. Huh? No, wasn't about anybody hungry getting fed or naked getting clothed. No. They're out of wine. That's why he said, well, okay, what's that to us? And yet, when Jesus' mom and then the, the, the servants, the staff that was there, when they got in a mode of readiness, you know, faith gets ready. A mode of readiness and anticipation. Ready to do what? Come on, help me out. You're ready, ready to do whatever he would say. Will that change the environment in your house? And in your cha- it does instantly. Because God knows your heart. He sees it. He knows if you're ready or if you're not. <clears throat> they got ready. And when they did, the father noticed that. 
And so he gives Jesus a word. Fill the water pots. And the reason it's in the book, there's no arguing. There's no asking for explanations. There's no procrastination. There's no putting off. Well, right after the party. You know, when we're freed up. No. They hit it. I don't know if they had a conga line trailing out to the well. I don't know how they did it. But they did it. And they did it with fervor. They did it with dispatch. They filled every one of those big pots to the brim. You could take a ruler and slide it off. Does this have anything to do with faith? Have anything to do with miracles and the power of God? They haven't experienced the power of God yet. But man, are they close. Then, they got them full. Let's keep reading the, uh, the Amplified here. They filled them to the brim. Verse 8. He said to them, here's another word. What's the key to the miracle? Whatever he says to you, do it. Draw some out now. And take it to the manager of the feast. This is the master of ceremonies. Draw some out now. Some some what? Well, the water that you just got through putting in the pot. To the manager of the feast. Who's already. I don't know if he, if he realizes that they are completely out yet or not. I don't know. But he's the master of ceremonies. He's the manager of the feast, presiding over the banquet. And what the word of the Lord is now, take some water, put it in the wine goblet, present it to the head guy like it's wine. Could your head get in the way? Huh? Could thoughts come? Reasoning come? Wow. Now let, let's come back. Unless you become converted and become like a little child. Yeah. So what do you do? Okay, baby, get the big cup. Okay. Dip it in. Okay, now take it to the nice man. Now we're laughing, but this is how you get a miracle. This is how you get a miracle. If you stop and go, how come? Come on. You are messing up a miracle. You can absolutely prevent it from happening. Is everybody awake? With just one word. Why? 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 See, that's where he said in Malachi, your words have been stout against me. Why? Because you've said, what's the point? What's the use of tithing? What's the use of praying? What's the use of reading your Bible? What's the use? See, that's faithlessness. You're losing your faith. Getting to the point where you've got none. 
But trust in God, a strong trust in God, is I don't have to know why. If he says, get the cup, get the cup. Right? Get the cup. Why get the cup? We'll find out in a minute. Get the cup. Get the cup. Anything else is lack of faith. Lack of trust. I have to understand before I go get the cup. Well, then you don't get miracles. You don't get them. Because you refuse to trust. Exactly like them. We can't do it. They could have done it. Go dip some out. Draw it now. Bear to the governor of the feast. So what happened? What happened? They went and got some. I don't know, probably, probably picked out the big nice glass, you know. Filled it full of H2O. They know it's H2O because they got it out of the H2O well. H2O well. They hauled it in the H2O bucket and put it in the H2O pot. And it's still H2O. So they carry it over to the master ceremonies, give it to him, and uh, uh, verse 9, when the ruler of the feast manager had tasted the water that, uh, put it back up now, the water that, put, put it back up in the, in the amplifier, please. When the manager tasted the water that just now. (laughs) Turned into wine. He didn't know where it came from. He thought it was wine all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the servants that drew the water knew. Yeah, they did. They're still wiping sweat off their brow. All in all in buckets. And so he calls the bridegroom. Now, from the natural, you'd be thinking, uh oh. Here we go. Why are y'all hauling water in here when it's supposed to be wine? But he said, everyone serves their best wine first. And then when people have drunk freely, he serves what that's just not so good. But you have kept back the good wine until now. And you know the servants were going. (laughs) Because they they put H2O in the cup. They know. Wine. He's talking about this aged, wonderful wine. Think about what a miracle this is. Keep keep reading. Verse 11, this first of his signs, miracles, wonder works, Jesus performed in Cain of Galilee and manifested his glory. And his disciples believed in him. We, we serve a wonderful God. He is a God 
of wonders. Truly. Uh, how did he do this? Now, you know, there's people that don't, that don't believe it. But they don't believe the rest of the Bible either. I like what one individual said. He said, uh, uh, Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. He said, if you're okay with that, you're good with the rest of the book. <laughs> if you're not okay with that, it's a closed book to you. Because the beginning of knowledge is reverence for the Lord. And if you won't show him any respect, just let him that's ignorant be ignorant still. You'll stay in your darkness. And it'll be your fault. But what did it take for water to become aged fine wine? (coughs) Excuse me. It took chemical actions and reactions. And I don't know how God did it. If somebody dropped a grape in there on the way over, I, I, I don't... I don't know. Or if God did it without a grape, I, I don't know. Or if there was a great leaf that floated by. Um, I know God knows what he's doing. Yeah. But this also was a time miracle. Yes. It takes years yeah. for fine wine to age. And yet it happened from the time they dipped it out in the cup till they served him the cup. So, so many things are covered with this. Um, chemical changes and re-changes. Uh, time shifting and compacting. Uh, Any kind of healing miracle that you might need, any kind of um, replacement of an organ or restoration or something, it it might take from conception to full development of an organ uh, 15 years. God can do it in the time it takes you to blink your eyes. And he, He can do it. And the great thing is, I don't have to understand this. You don't have to understand this. What do I have to get? Baby, get the bucket. Is that, come on, help me again. What, what do I need to get? Get the bucket. Okay. Fill the bucket with water. Take it back and pour it in the big pot. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Now take some, put it in the big cup. And hand it to the man and smile. (laughs) And from the moment he took that, it was seconds or milliseconds. I don't know. But a, a compression of time and chemical reactions happened in that cup. Well, if you can create a planet... If you can create stars, right? (laughs) I reckon you can do things in a cup. What do you you think? Huh? People get fixated on different aspects of the miracle and miss the big part. You don't have to understand his part. Most of that you won't understand 
in this lifetime. What you do have to understand is I have a part. You have a part. And the key is whatever he says to you, do it. Do it with fervor. Do it with dispatch. Do it accurately and precisely. Do it quickly and gladly and fully and freely. And next thing you know, we'll be reading a testimony about your miracle. I'm telling you, your miracle that happened for you. Stand on your feet, everybody.